Welcome to the Southgate Student Ministry Podcast. This week on the podcast, we continue our series of first aid. We open up the first aid kit to find band-aids. What we're going to do is look at the band-aid and look at two uses of the band-aid in our spiritual life. How can we stop the bleeding and how can we keep infection out of our wounds? Stick around and listen to this week's lesson. idea of like items you would find in a first aid kit and in a first aid kit we said that there are multiple things you can find last week I think it was last week or two weeks ago when we were in here we discussed the idea of distilled water and we discussed baptism this week we dive into the ideas of a band-aid when you dig into a first aid kit and pull out a band-aid what are you going to do with it and so I, I bring up the question, what is the point of a Band-Aid? Uh, they're very simple little things that you know when you're a child. A lot of times they'll have little pictures on them. Um, I always hated the picture ones. I preferred the ones like this because I just felt like they were better quality. Um, and they hurt less to take off, I think. Um, but the point of a Band-Aid, uh, if, if you look up the point of a Band-Aid, many options come up. Also, I question who is the one Googling, like, what do you do with the Band-Aid? It's okay, Owen. Um, but, but a few things <laughs> that came up were, uh, were like, stop, stop yourself from bleeding. Um, and, like, another thing that was, like, a major thing was keep dirt out of a wound. Or, like, keep a wound clean. Um, and I thought that those are two pretty logical uses uh, for a Band-Aid um, that you could come up with if you were going to try to use a Band-Aid. As, we were th- as I was thinking about this idea, I couldn't help but read those two things of what a Band-Aid is, what a Band-Aid does. And I couldn't help but think that in our spiritual lives, we are constantly bleeding spiritually. We constantly, and, and, and uh, we can talk about this, and this is a pretty... Um, common idea, I think, in, in spirituality is that we have this sin that constantly is going to fill our lives, that's constantly going to be the thing that's going to be a wound. Constantly going to be the thing that, that will cause us to bleed, that will leak out of our lives. That, that it is this idea that when we are wounded, there's, there are things that come from it. And as I was thinking about this idea, I thought about my childhood. And when I was younger, I had eczema extremely bad. I don't know if any of you have had eczema, and I'm so sorry if you have. But mine was, mine was terrible. I remember in the summer times, I would go outside, and I would run around in the yard, and I would come inside, and, or I would even be outside and just scratch. And, and my entire arms were scabbed. Behind my legs, like, like in the knee pit, it was just scabs. And I remember at one point, my grandmother looked at me and said, Ben, Nobody will ever want to hang out with you if you continue to scratch yourself like that. It was intense, but she was right. It looked like I was, I was in so much pain, covered in scabs. But the thing was, is I would get home from, like especially I can remember when I would get home from the pool, and I would sit there, and I would scratch these scabs because they itched so bad, and I would just sit there and bleed. 
And I couldn't help but think about our spiritual lives. That a lot of times when we sit and think about this idea uh, of bleeding spiritually, this idea of, of having these wounds in our spiritual life, that a lot of times it comes from the same wound. A lot of times you can think about the idea of, of your spiritual life when you sit there and you struggle with the sin. It's like ripping the same thing open again. We can sit there and, and have this, uh, I'm not going to, I guess you could call it a repeat offense over and over and over again. That's just like you're taking the scab and ripping it off and needing to put another band-aid on it. What in your spiritual life causes that? What I'm going to do here, and and I want you to know, I'm gonna, I know I give out note cards all the time. I'm going to give out note cards right now. Um, I don't want you to. I want you to know as you're writing on these, no one else is going to see this. Um, and we're doing this for the sake of the rest of class. I'm going to like. Here. I'm going to give you a handful of pens over here. Hopefully, this works out. And let's see here. No cards. Here we go. Hopefully, they get around to everyone. Let me just. I'm going to just. Okay. Now we're going to go like this. There we go. There's that. And get your pens. Thank you. Um, and then I'm just going to do that. Take, you can take one of these and pass them around. Uh, Here's something that I think about uh, with this. And here's what I want you to do with the note card. Know that no one's going to see it. You can hide it. You can cover it. Um, I want you to think about yourself and your life. What is the scab that you keep scratching? What is the, what is the thing, that the wound that keeps getting reopened? The things that, that you are continuously having to put a new Band-Aid on because you keep reopening the wound. What is that sin in your life? Like I said, no one's going to see it. And as a matter of fact, I just want you to think through it. And, and once you get done writing on it, you can fold it up, stick it in your pocket for right now. Go ahead and do that once you get it. Think through what is that thing that you struggle with. you get done writing, you just want to set your pen under your chair. looking up after writing. Um, I had you take time to write this down right now. And like I said, 
I'm not ever going to see it. You're not going to give it to me. You're not going to give it to anyone else. What I wanted you to do tonight was to write it down so you could have confidence in knowing what you struggle with. I know that sounds weird. But I wanted you to write it down so you can sit there and identify the thing in your life that you know is your biggest struggle. You can leave here and, and throw that note card away. You can do whatever you want with it. You can dump it in the trash can. I won't go through it ever. I can't guarantee that nobody will, but but I won't. Um, I'm, I'm assuming nobody would. Um, that would be a little bit weird. But as we go through this lesson tonight, what I want you to keep on your mind is to sit there and think about what you just wrote down. If we discuss something and anything, man, what I just wrote down applies to that. What I just wrote down applies to this. And, and sit there and have in your mind the thing you just wrote down, the thing you just identified. As we go through this lesson, I hope that you can allow your mind uh, to focus on that concept that you just wrote down. Guys, it's time to take that thing that you just wrote down. That thing that's a wound, that thing that's a cut in your life that keeps on reopening, that keeps on bleeding, and put a Band-Aid on it and stop the bleeding. If you are wounded and, and say, um, just for drama's sake, uh, somebody shot an arrow and accidentally grazed your arm and you had blood pouring from your arm, how would you handle it? Would you just sit there and watch it pour out, or would you immediately try to do something about it? I would say that anyone who values life at all would immediately try to stop the blood, stop, um, stop the, the outflow of, of, like I just said, blood from your body. You would do everything you could. You would wrap yourself with a bandage. You would put pressure on it. You would do everything you could. You wouldn't sit there and let yourself bleed out. So why does it make sense that in our spiritual life, when we have things that are wounding us consistently, to allow those things to stay in our life to where eventually we can bleed out. I want to ask the question, how do we stop the bleeding? Now, there are a lot of different um, ideas to this, and, and I think that, that the answer I'm going to talk about tonight, maybe you might sit here and be like, well, that's generic and that's disappointing for what I was hoping when you asked this question. But what I want us to do tonight is I want us to go through this idea and maybe look at it um, in a couple of different ways. And really, I want us to look at the two angles of, of what the Band-Aid can do in stopping bleeding and keeping dirt out. And I want us to look at the common theme that I think that goes along with both of these things, which I think is a pretty basic answer with the idea of repentance. The idea of turning away from what you're doing. This is a, a common idea. A lot of people understand the word, this concept, that if you're walking one direction, you're turning around and walking the other direction. I think that most of us in this room uh, who have been around Christianity for any amount of time have probably heard of this concept. That's why it's not necessarily a new thing. This concept of, hey, you're struggling with gossip, turn around and walk out of the conversation. You're, you're facing lust, well, well, get away from anything that's causing you to lust. You're sitting there and you're struggling with language, well, get out and walk away from it. And I think we could go on and on about what repentance is. This idea of doing that 180 degree turn. But more importantly tonight, 
I want us to con- kind of grasp the concept of why we're going to look into repentance as such a big deal and how repentance actually stops the bleeding. Let's go to 2 Peter chapter 3. Open up your Bibles to 2 Peter chapter 3. This is going to be um, uh, the scripture that we're going to be in. If you remember um, this from, or this is Peter writing, um, and so I'm gonna about to reference back to another area. Uh, so just keep in mind as we read um, 2 Peter chapter 3 here right now. We're going to read verse 9 to start out. And then we're going to go back and break it all down. But verse 9 is kind of the common verse that a lot of people read. The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you. Here's the part that we uh, often read. Not wishing that any should perish, but what? But that all should reach repentance. It's a pretty simple thing. God wants all people to reach repentance. That's, that's normal. That's, that's the thing that we think about all the time. But I think the conversation that we need to have right now is a little bit bigger than just like God wants everyone to reach repentance. If we just wanted to talk about the idea of repentance, we could have gone to like Acts 2.38, like we were in a week or so ago. The same writer, or this, the, Peter is the one who said the words in Acts 2.38, saying the same words here, right? Repent and be baptized for the forgiveness of your sins. Um, and, and that whole concept. But what I want us to do is I want us to really explore the entire context. You'll notice if you, if you have your Bibles open, and I encourage you, um, and I know when I first got here I did a lot of this, but... I want to encourage you to always bring, like if you have a Bible, bring it, um, because I think it's effective when we're studying. I want us to notice in verse 8 through 10 um, is a paragraph. Notice it's, it's like there, there's a paragraph before it, there's a paragraph after it, and this is kind of stuck right in the middle. These three verses are going to be um, kind of a concept. So we can read verse 9, and that makes sense, but I want us to put verse 8 and verse 10 around it to really build on what it's saying. So let's start in the first sentence of this paragraph, verse 8. But do not overlook this um, fact, beloved, that with the Lord one day is a thousand years, and a thousand years is as one day. Uh, this statement, and I hope I hope no one has like sat here and told you that this is a literal thing, and like, like you know, sometimes we'll be like, well, this is proof that the earth took longer than seven days to create. Clearly, the to God, like, a day is a thousand years, and it's like, no, that's not literal at all. And if we try to go down that path, we're going to get kind of the wrong concept. We're opening the wrong door and, and walking down towards air if we look at this passage literally. What Peter is actually doing here is he's building up this idea that God is eternal, and God has power over eternity. Oh, and by the way, God is so much greater than we are. That like a day to him is a thousand years, and you can't really grasp what it is to be God. He's going to keep on going with this. So he goes on to that, talks about how God is in control of eternity in that verse 8. Verse 9, the Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient with you. So he goes in and says, okay, God's going to fulfill his promise to you. There's going to be um, this fulfilling of promise. Oh, and by the way, with the fulfillment of that promise, there is going to be patience. What is God going to be patient about? This is the verse that we just read. Not wishing that any should perish, 
but that all should reach repent repentance. He's sitting here saying, look, God's going to be patient with you. He is the most eternal being there is. There's no one who is, is more powerful than he is. Literally, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years is a day. It doesn't matter with God. He's that powerful. And he's sitting here in this moment saying, oh, by the way, that God who's that powerful is going to have patience with you for you to repent. Why? Because he doesn't want you to suffer. He doesn't want you to be in punishment. He doesn't want you to die. He's sitting there, and in the context of what we're talking about tonight with the idea of a Band-Aid, he's sitting there and shouting, think about your longevity, put a Band-Aid on the sins in your life, and stop letting yourself bleed out. Stop letting yourself die. Look for that repentance, because God doesn't want you to perish. And he gets to verse 10. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief, and the heavens will pass away with a roar, and the, he and, oh, and the heavenly bodies will be burned up and dissolved, and the earth and the works that are done in it will be exposed or burned up, as some of the Greek manuscripts say. God has patience. But then Peter says, oh, and by the way, the end of the world is going to come quickly. So are you going to answer that call to repentance? That's what he's asking. So I issue the same challenge tonight that Peter issues here. Of are you going to put a band-aid on now? Or are you going to wait too long? Really quickly, I want us to think about this concept Maybe right now you're sitting there thinking like, okay, I get it. If you're wounded, just repent, and that's what you need to do. Turn away from the sin. You don't understand how stuck I feel in it. How do I get out? Let's go to 1 Thessalonians chapter uh, 5 real quickly. I want us to, we don't have a ton of time, and I understand it's like 707, but trust me, we don't have a ton of time. I want us to spend um, a little bit of time on this before we move to the uh, Band-Aid protects you from the dirt in your wounds. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Um, sometimes a Band-Aid is unable to cover your entire wound. You know what I'm saying? If you sit there and you were to get um, cut, maybe get a massive paper cut from like your shoulder to your uh, wrist. Don't know why paper has run down your shoulder to your wrist. But let's just say that's the hypothetical scenario. Um, you're in a lot of pain. A Band-Aid is not going to cover that, okay? Uh, you're going to, like, you could put Band-Aids all the way down, but... You only have one in the scenario. So how do you handle that situation? 1 Thessalonians 5.14 um, is a challenge to those who are strong. And we urge you, brothers, admonish the idol, what encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with them all. He says encourage the faint-hearted, which is all those who have lost strength and courage, and help the weak. And that word weak there literally means weak in every single way. He's talking to those people who are strong in this moment. And there are those in this room right now who would sit there and say, you know what? I've struggled with sin in the past. And like I still struggle with sin daily. But right now I'm feeling strong. Right now I'm beating sin every single day and I'm loving every second of it. And he's talking to you right here. and says, look for the people who are weak. You, 
those who are those who are faint-hearted, those who have lost all strength, can't handle it on their own. Those who are weak can't handle it all on their, your own. Maybe you're sitting in this room right now and you're like, I literally have no way out of it. I'm stuck, I'm lost, and I don't know what to do. He says, by the way, find people, find the strong who can help you get out of it. You don't have to cover the wound on your own. And by the way, how cool is it that the second we start walking in the light, Jesus is immediately going to cover every wound we have. Have we chosen to allow people to help us in our lives? Um, the other reason for a Band-Aid is to keep the dirt out, um, which is a common use of a Band-Aid, apparently. If you look at this, this is actually what they say, like, the main reason for a Band-Aid is, some people will be like, does a Band-Aid hinder healing? No, actually, if you keep a Band-Aid on longer, it'll heal your wound faster. I didn't know that, um, but I found that out while studying for this. Uh, and you might be sitting there, how does this relate to repentance? Guys, when we say, I repent, this conversation of repentance, and I think so oftentimes we, we get focused on the big picture like we just talked about. Like you walk into a situation, it's like, you know what, no, I'm done. And we turn around and we walk the other way and like ditch all the sin that's going on. And it's like a big deal. We just talk about like, stop doing it. The thing that I think we can sometimes miss with it, and I want to challenge us as Christians tonight. And like, man, this has been a challenge to me as I've studied this concept. But when we repent, it's a full-fledged, I want to get sin out of my life. And I understand where you are in high school right now. And I, I was thinking about this earlier, and it's crazy to me. A mere five years ago, I was sitting in high school. Like, I was in high school five years ago, exactly where you are. And yeah, times have changed in the last five years. But I understand that, like, there are a lot of easy things to struggle with in high school. And I know how easy it is to allow sin from everywhere to seep into your life. Because I was in high school letting sin seep into my life from every point around me. And I don't think I fully grasp the idea of what it meant to repent. And what this idea is of protecting ourselves from the, the things that are getting thrown at us every single day. I want to ask a question. If all your friends, if, if you're somebody uh, who sits there and, and all your friend group knows how to do is gossip and talk trash about people, and the thing you struggle with is gossiping and talking bad about people, why are you okay with letting people constantly rub dirt into your wounds? Why are you okay with constantly putting yourself in a situation where you could sleep? You're watching a show that has nudity in it and you struggle with lust. Why are you allowing those images to get put in your mind? Why are you allowing dirt to get rubbed into your wound? If you're somebody who struggles with using dirty language and your friend group constantly uses dirty language, 
and it's just the way you talk. Why are you okay with spending time with those friends that are constantly going to throw dirt and wound? If you struggle with pride and your friend group is all about, hey, uh, we're better than everybody else and like higher than everybody else, you walk around with them constantly letting pride be who you are. Why are we okay with letting ourselves be surrounded with people who are going to continuously rub dirt in our wounds? <clears throat> Can you imagine how angry we would get if we had a legitimate wound on our body and somebody walked up and took a handful of sand or walked up and took a handful of dirt and just started rubbing it into our, our open wound? How would we feel about that? How angry would we be about that? And yet we sit here and we look at our spiritual lives and we look at these struggles that we have constantly, these things that, that we know that you just wrote down, like, yeah, I continuously struggle with this. And yet we continuously surround ourselves with people and things and, and shows and, and songs and movies and whatever it is that are going to continuously do exactly that by rubbing dirt into our spiritual wounds. And it's easy for us to sit here and be like, you know what? I'm fine. I'm not really doing anything bad. Nobody thinks I'm a bad person. And we ignore the fact that we're constantly allowing our lives to be faced with the things that we struggle with. Repentance isn't just saying, you know what? Uh, yeah, I did this and I'm just going to like not do it anymore. It's a full-fledged escape the situation that is causing you to sin. A full repentance keeps the evil out of our life in every way possible. Things, dirt keeps getting rubbed in. It's going to get infected. Um, and infections are very dangerous. I don't know if you guys know this, but every two minutes in the United States of America, on average, someone dies from sepsis, which is a disease that's based out of infection. As a matter of fact, it's a simple. If you get a simple paper cut that gets infected, this disease—it's your body reacting to an infection that causes you to get extremely sick. And what it can do, it, like I said, it doesn't take a big wound. It can be a paper cut or a small scrape. But if it's not protected right, if it's not cleaned right, if it's not watched properly, you become at risk. In our spiritual life, when we let things of the world. They're going to cause us to sin, come into our lives. And we don't hold them out by repenting from everything that that entails. We have that risk of getting infected, which could lead to death. The cool thing, though, is like when you catch sepsis early, or if you watch an infection closely, it's very treatable. All you have to do is, is treat it with medicine. You can easily survive. Your chances of dying are low if you simply fight it off with the means necessary to do so, and the risk goes away. Have you decided to catch that risk in your life, catch that sin in your life, before it gets infected? It could lead you to death. Let's put a Band-Aid on our wounds, on our sins, by turning away with the sin we are constantly faced with. Thank you so much for listening this week. Be sure to hit the subscribe button so you will be notified each time that we come out with a new lesson for you to listen to. Have a blessed rest of your day.